Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Well, hello, Lori Gorell. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. How are you today? I am absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm fantastic. I thought just for a second you were going to grab my word and I was going to be so excited. Oh, do you want me to say I'm fantastic? I do. Well, I am absolutely fantastic because I get to spend the next few minutes with you. I am looking forward to this particular topic, but I need this. What we are going to talk about in finishing strong. It's September and I didn't think about it. So I want you to share where this comes from for you. So for me, September is that time of year. It's almost like January for me. It starts the new year for me all over again. So you know how you're going along really strong January through May, and then I'm in that season of life. I'm starting to come out of the season of life, but I have spent the last 19 years in that season of life where I had kids. So In the summertime, I kind of pulled back a little bit. The kids were home and we travel and we play and we go to the lake. And even though I work, I'm not as head down into my work as I am when the kids are in school. And when the kids would go back to school, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, I've got to get it back together. That means I only have a few more months until the end of the year and I want to finish strong. So I would take time in September to reevaluate everything and just push forward much like I do when I start the year in January. So to me, it's my second New Year's of the year. That is fantastic. And in fact, yesterday and today, I read an article on LinkedIn just a couple of days ago, and the author is Jewish. And she said the same thing. She says, it's my new year. It's Jewish new year. And I get a reset. I get to think about my goals again. And so this was this perfect symbiotic message that I'm getting like, yeah, I do. I need to really buckle down so I can finish strong. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we get to this point and it's like, if we've not gotten to where we think we should be, or we've kind of slack, we kind of throw our hands up and say, oh, well, the year's almost over anyway. I'll do better next year. (laughs) We take like, what do they call it in golf? A mulligan? (laughs) There you go. Let's talk about then how we finish strong. So in September, one of the first things that I do is I get back out my trusty goals that I began the year with in January. And I look over 
what was it I had really set out to accomplish this year? I pulled mine out when we decided that we were going to talk about this. I pulled mine out as well. And I was amazed at how far I had come on some given my, my year that I've had. And there are some, it's like, oh, oh, I need to think about this one again. I really haven't given it much thought for quite a while. Yeah. So just kind of revisiting them, looking at them. And like you said, a lot of times you'll figure out, okay, I'm doing okay. And then there might be those you're like, oh, I forgot about this. And the other thing that when you're looking at those goals, you need to consider what might have happened throughout the year that might have caused you to take a detour from some of your goals. This completely made me giggle because, and we did a podcast when I was en route from California to Ohio, but you know, I talk about a detour (laughs) 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 and when I, I look back that shift that put a couple on a back burner that need to be dusted back off and to be considered, what do I do with them now? Cause right. things are different. And that's the key is the year never, or at least it hasn't for me ever gone exactly as I planned it. <laughs> Does life ever, you know, I really be- wish it would, but I have this motto in my life that I plan God laughs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's you funny. Just think you're in control. You just think that things are going to go this way. Watch this. You know, and I think it's a guaranteed in life that nothing is permanent. It's guaranteed that things will change and that we really have very little control over what is happening. It's how we respond to it. Exactly. So we've gotten those goals back out. And while we're reviewing our goals, we need to give ourselves grace in understanding that things do change. You move across country, world pandemics happen, you know, your family life changes, the industry changes. I mean, there's a variety of things that can happen. And so if you, as you're looking at your goals, if you see something that There's just no way to finish that way. It's okay to modify your goals in light of things that happened and be okay with, okay, so maybe this particular goal isn't going to be met by the end of the year, but what, is it salvageable? Is it something that's even still goal worthy? Right. That's what I was paying attention to. It's like, is that still relevant? Is it still meaningful to me to do that? Or is it time for me to really reevaluate? And I think there's a little bit of both for me to go on. Now that I'm thinking about it in this fresh new light of it's September, I'm going to finish strong and I'm going to use it as my second new year. Then there are a couple of new things that have emerged that I'll put on the list. Right. That you can get done, you know, in the time left. Now that you're in Ohio, you know, you started the year in California and now you're in Ohio, 
you know, things may be a little different. There's a different way to do business and there's new clientele and new organizations to get involved with. And sometimes how we do business really shifts. So looking at that and saying, you know, how, how relevant is this? And is this something that I can be passionate about moving forward? And, and I think that's real important is when a goal When you're looking at your goals, if you can't buy in to that goal anymore, you just can't be passionate about that goal anymore. It just does not set with how you're doing business now or how you want to move forward. Then maybe you need to chunk it. Maybe you need to chuck it. But what does remain or what emerges for the rest of the year to finish strong And it's something that we've even talked about recently on a podcast or two is prioritizing, right? So that we're giving the appropriate attention to what remains or what is now on our finished strong list. Exactly. So now you're looking at these goals and and you've modified the ones that need to be modified and, and you're looking through, maybe you can't accomplish all of the goals that you set in January. We have big, beautiful ideas. We have big, hairy, audacious goals in January, which I think are wonderful and you should have. But maybe, you know, because of the hiccups and the bro bumps and the detours that have happened, we need to kind of look at those and say, okay, if I could only finish three of these five goals, which three would make the biggest impact on my business? Yes. And one other place that I have looked at that is what three am I going to focus on that will impact my business? And how far can I take the other ones until the end of the year? And I've already started looking at how will that goal look for next year if I get just even 25% of the way. So I'm still considering that little chunk that I can do and then looking at where, what might that look like to finish it out next year? Right. But I think with prioritization, if we focus in on those three big things that we can get done, and like you said, the 25% of the other, but not just do 25% of them all, not have so many that we can only do a little bit by the end of the year, but how big of an impact can we have with a smaller focus? So looking at those. Yeah. If only 25% of all of them happen and we're at the end of the year, I think that would be extremely frustrating that none of them came to completion. So you're absolutely right to, to see where we can bring a few home. Yeah, because when we can bring a few home, anytime you get big wins, you have a chemical release in your brain, Mm -hmm. that dopamine drip that goes off that makes you excited and makes you want to do things again. And anytime you can bring in a big win, it energizes you as you move forward. So you're able to energize moving in to the next year. But when you can't see those wins, When it looks like, well, I only half did everything, it demoralizes you and it's harder to push forward into the next year. I think that leaves us open to, we start having that doubt and that worry and monkey mind and Amy start acting up because they they see a gap. 
Yeah. And that, and, and that imposter syndrome really sets in. It's like, who do I think I am? I can't even accomplish my goals. Yeah. So I prefer not to leave that gap open for, for monkey mind to come in and, and mess with me. Yeah. So as you're looking at those goals, I'm a big one. I, I love the saying to begin with the end in mind. And so now you've prioritized your goals. You know what your big three, I'm, you know, I'm using the number three. It's different for everybody, but what are my big three that I want to finish strong with by the end of the year is thinking is, is beginning with the end in mind. I have to accomplish what by January 31st and then move backwards to determine what steps you need to take in order to finish that goal strong. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways to look at that end, whether it's personal achievement at that end, if it's a financial or a dollar amount at the end to kind of look at it holistically, that end in mind. Right. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the 25% that you can get accomplished to help move you into next year. I'm sure there will be a future podcast coming up in the October, early November timeframe about setting next year's goals is you start looking at, okay, now I've got to look into the next year. How do I move those into next year's goals And that needs to be a part of your goal setting and a part of finishing strong is finishing with a good slate for next year so that when January comes, you're hitting the ground running. I'm kind of excited about this because even you just saying, you know, in November, we're going to be looking at next year's goals, which we do. The fire that's lighting for me is, okay, I need to take a running start at my finish strong list so that I have a great trajectory come November to see if I'm going to hit it. Right. And if you you start now, you know, okay, kids are back in school, you know, all your lake time is over your beach time. We're kind of getting it back together is using this as a springboard. Um, And even my clients, right? They're done taking, for the most part, they're done taking their vacations, you know, because that slows some things down too, not just for my goals, but helping them with their goals and to see it, not just from my perspective, but how can I help others at this point to finish strong, whether it's leaders in the organization or my individual clients. So there's lots of energy around this particular topic. So it's like my feet are already moving, ready, ready to go. I know goals can get me excited. I'm that personality Um, and goals can get me very excited. But I think for our listeners too, is understanding this is the time for you to finish strong, but as a leader, it's also that time to encourage your people. Yep. To, to relook at where they're at and, and to talk through as a team, you know, where were the roadblocks, where were the hiccups, where are we, and how are we as a team going to finish strong as well? Yeah, it's a great reset for not just us personally, but how we support others. Absolutely. And then I'm a big one on celebrate your wins. Do you so, know, I 
can't tell you, I don't even have enough fingers and toes to count how many times my clients have just looked at me like I have four heads when I talk about celebrating wins, how many people don't naturally celebrate. They don't acknowledge the steps they have taken, the, how many things they cross it off the list and just keep running rather than that celebration. So I've done different things with, with different clients, but one client, she, she's a a doctor and, you know, she's just head down in her work. So she got into the habit of her way of acknowledging she did something celebrating is she would send me an emoji of two wine glasses clinking like celebrate with me. I did this. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. It was just a fun way for her to step into the water of celebrating and acknowledging all she is doing. Yeah, that's fun. And there are so many of us in, in our personalities that we do get nose down in our stuff. And it's like, well, why am I celebrating? It was just part of my job. Yeah. Okay. I got the budget done on time whoop de doo I have this whole list of other things I have to do. And if you don't take time to celebrate, it becomes a drudgery and it becomes very exhausting because it's this constant list of things that have to get done and your brain sees no excitement about it. The brain is not releasing those feel good hormones where, you know, it sends you into the excitement mode of going towards the next goal. So we have to stop even the small things we need to celebrate. And I think just to separate that here, when we say celebrate, it's not the Michelin star dinner for crossing crossing something (laughs) off of our list, right? Don't tell my husband that I like to celebrate with the Michelin five-star dinner. (laughs) And, and sometimes it is that, but on that rate, because I think that can be almost as overwhelming for some people as the actual creation of goals is, oh my gosh, I, the effort to celebrate when really acknowledgement can be that celebration of, yes, look at the things I am doing. This is another step in the direction of that goal. It's not always the big dinner. Sometimes it's the latte you know, that you've been holding off on, but sometimes it's just even a self pat on the back or sharing with someone else a win. So I bet you would find it very odd that a lot of times I will do a celebration happy dance with my clients. We get up and I'm, I make them get up and do a little a little happy dance, a little jig. It's just a little circle around the room and a little body (laughs) movement and a little whoop, whoop. And then we get back down to work. You know, I, I, I'm just, I'm not surprised. (laughs) I think people would be surprised if I did that, but I'm definitely not surprised that you do that. I have gotten a few strange looks. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, let's get up. Let's do a little dance. Let's do a little celebration. And uh, some it's, it's interesting to see how some do their little happy dance. Like, you know, if I'm good, if I get a toe tap (laughs) (laughs) or a little chair dance, I I mean, I am all in on a chair dance. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep the pole out of it. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. Celebrating the wins. It gives, it's part of rewiring 
we're building new neuro pathways when we celebrate the wins, when even the small ones, it's a very important step, not just in goals, but in our emotional intelligence to acknowledge and, and make sure that we, our brains are recognizing our accomplishments. Yeah. And as leader, make sure you're helping your people celebrate the wins. Yeah. So acknowledge that for your people. And if, you know, just even small things that they've done good, you know, even a, I've gone in and, you know, on the whiteboards in some people's offices and said, you done good. You done good. And it's also a bit of the airline rule, right? Put on your own oxygen mask before you do your others. Do your own celebrating, get into that habit and let other people, let your team see you doing your celebrations and doing your acknowledgements on your own accomplishments and then helping them get into their rhythm. Absolutely. All right. So are we ready then for the practical solutions for extraordinary leadership? We are. I love this. Okay. So number one, revisit your earlier goals and make sure you're on target and modify or change if necessary. And then the second would be to prioritize what's important as you finish the year and make a plan. I put an exclamation point on the, on the back end of that one. And finally, to, to wrap that up, celebrate your wins. It's a critical, critically important step. It is. Well, I have had fun and I am looking forward to getting started on revisiting my goals and finishing my year out strong. And I can't wait to talk to you about what you're doing. Good. We will do a check-in in November and see where this lands. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.